0: Hello, Kayla. Hello, Megan. <laughs> <laughs> How are you? I'm good. How are you? Oh, I'm just doing fine. I am great. I I'm fine. very excited for today's episode. This is the first time we have somebody on the podcast who neither of us have ever met before. I know. <laughs> we met today right before. We had a lovely chat. We're so excited to talk to her. Um, and I... This is this is uh, this, I feel like is such a big milestone for us. Yes, this is a turning
1: point. <laughs> you know? um, our guest today reached out to us and and wanted to be a part of our podcast, and that just feels so great and exciting. and i'm I'm just I'm really happy to dive in and learn everything that she has to to teach us today uh, about what she does.
0: hundred percent. Let's dive in. Yay. Yeah. Hi, I'm Kayla Mason, and I'm Megan Smith. And this is Human, human Design in Real Time. Time. I'm the founder and CEO of Kayla Care, and as an intuitive human design coach, I use human design to help you get to the root of what's holding you back from living the life you actually want to be living.
1: Human design is a map of your energetic DNA that uses a combination of ancient systems and modern science to help you understand how your energy shows up in the world.
0: On this podcast, we'll be talking with people from all walks of life about how their human design affects their lives and the lives of those around them. To download a PDF of your own human design chart, all you need is your exact
1: birth time, and you can go to kayla-care.com to download your own copy. So let's get started. Welcome back to the Human Design in Real Time podcast. Today we have Dr. Kate Flynn with us to talk about her practice and how she uses the sacral response to help guide human design generators through an active deconditioning of the not self so that they may create the life they want. Her formal training is in chiropractic, and she's been in the healing arts for 15 years. She is a 3-5 emotional generator. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Kate Flynn. Thank you so much, Megan. I'm super excited to be here. We're so happy to have you on. Thank you so much for reaching out to us and being interested in our podcast. Um, it's really exciting for us to have People reaching out and wanting to be a part of the discussion of human design. We love nerding out about all things human design here.
2: And y'all really know what you're talking about. You do a great job. So maybe this is just the first of many. (laughs)
0: Thank you. Thank Thank you you. for saying that. I, (laughs) I very much feel that as well. And I want uh I feel like that is where the where we are going because I feel like the conversations that we have about human design are are very much in in the moment. This is human design in real time, you know? So I really love the concept of being able to talk not only to people who are discovering their designs, but to people who help others discover their designs because I feel like this is where we create that ripple effect. And the ripple effect is even more exponential because we're working with others who have the ability to help people into their self-actualization and help people into learning how to love themselves better. So thank you for the work that you do. I'm very excited to talk about what it is that you bring to to this space.
1: Yes, please. Tell us about your practice. Okay. So-
2: like I like it was said in the introduction, I help uh, human design generators navigate the deconditioning process. So really, it's all about kind of setting an intention because once we have an intention, we have a starting place and then we can start taking specific steps. Right. So your intention can be anything from those things that are physically oriented to I want to sleep. Deeper and wake rested. I want to improve my digestion to things having to do with relationships and communication, how you want to move forward. And also, you know, if there are still things you're influenced by from your past, how to bring those to resolution so that you can then move forward. So I've been doing, you know, some incarnation of this for the last 15 years. Human design has really taking me to a new level and like, oh, this is how I can bring everything together. And this is how my clients can get the best results. So they start with an intention and then I tap into their sacral response to their inner authority in a way that bypasses the logical mind to identify areas of distortion. So areas of distortion are places where kind of life force energy is being siphoned away from the knowing body. And kind of fueling the thinking thoughts, getting caught up in energetic entanglement, caught up in the past and all those things, once they identify the distortion, they can then identify how it is they want to correct it. So it's a very empowering experience. It's not me saying, well, let's talk about this. Let's figure it all out. Let's break it down. Let's dissect it. It's you saying this is where the energy is leaking away. We know what it's causing and the effects that you're experiencing because of it, right? Now, how do we want to reclaim that energy and then ensure that it doesn't happen again? That you have all of your life force energy available to you to create the life that you do want. Because I think I think, as soon as we start talking about how we feel and what we've experienced, it just triggers the mind, And it makes things so much harder than it otherwise needs to be. So it's a very different way of looking at things. And at first, the mind is not happy about it. The mind is like, Mm -hmm. oh, I don't know what she's talking about. I don't know what these numbers, these questions are attached to. And so I let people know, yeah, it's it's going to feel a little frustrating in the beginning. And what we're doing is shifting that power away from your mind and bringing back bringing it back into the knowingness of your body and then once they make that kind of transition it can go really quickly I can say oh okay (laughs) I you know I no longer have to fight what's going on I can just be in the flow of it and move from there because we're really engaging the sacral response the inner authority of things that have already happened so you're not making new choices you're not So that kind of takes some of the pressure off. It's like, oh, this already happened. Is it this or is it that? And how do I want to move forward?
0: Mm. Wow. I love that concept that it's already happened. So that sacral response is not necessarily making a decision. It's just, it's really that concept of radical honesty. It's finding that ability to be radically honest with yourself. I love that. Because one of the things that I often tell generators to do is to uh, use decisions that are superfluous, I start to get to know the sacral response by opening the fridge and do I want ketchup? Do I want mustard? And allowing those, you know, superfluous yes or no questions to be how they get to know their sacral center. But I really love the idea of marrying how do we get to know the sacral center with how, how do we actually look into the past and figure out what, what really happened. Who did I think I was at the time? Who did I believe I needed to be at the time? Um, that's that's beautiful. I love everything you're talking about.
1: It also connects with their um, need to respond, right? Generators and manifesting generators. Anybody with a defined sacral center wants to respond. And instead of you know looking at everything as like a re- something that you have to face right now, you can look back and say, "How did I respond?"
2: Mm. And how can I reclaim that non-self-reaction and bring it back, Yeah, change it and, and move it forward? Yeah, a lot of it too, like you said, getting generators used to feeling that sacral response. Because when you first start talking to people about being in their body, it's such a foreign concept.
1: Yeah.
2: One. It's like... What? But if you can, like you said, open the refrigerator or feel the difference between my name is Kate and my name is Joe, how does that mm-hmm. feel <laughs> in my body? Like superfluous things that don't matter. And then the more you practice with that, the more you start to trust yourself. But the, the idea of radical honesty and realizing, okay, I have this superpower within me. If I tap mm. into it, how much is going to be revealed in my life that's not self?
1: Oh, yeah. yes. Yeah.
2: And that can be a really scary thing yeah. because as you start deconditioning that and becoming who you are, it's going to, it's going to cause ripples.
0: Oh yeah. (laughs) Maybe
2: not the kind that are the most pleasant to experience, but it, you know, it has to be done. And what's on the other side of that kind of acute or short-term transition is just so much more amazing than people can even allow themselves to imagine.
0: Wow. Yeah, I, I love that you called it a superpower. It's so funny. We were just having a conversation with a friend of ours and she was talking about that same exact thing. The idea that underst- being able to have a momentary understanding that you are essentially like seeing a behavior and being able to say, oh, this, this behavior is, is something that maybe is a pattern or this behavior is something that I am actively doing right now that maybe is not serving me. That is a superpower. And I had never thought about it in relation to authority like that. But especially for generators and for manifesting generators, that superpower is right in your gut, you know? Like you have literally a connection to universal intelligence that tells you at any given moment, yes, we're going that way. No, we're not going that way what a beautiful power. That's, yeah.
2: And I would imagine you could interpret any of the authorities as a superpower. I know Rock calls it the, the passenger. I call it like your, your body is your spaceship, right? It's mm. always giving you feedback and guidance and saying, you know, go right, go left. But we get so caught up in here that we're completely separated from it. Yeah. Mm. So yes. this whole experiment is about deconditioning from that and and coming back into wholeness and in communication with it, trusting it and knowing that it's always going to lead us where we want to go. Like, yeah, it's never going to lead us astray.
1: I'm curious. Um, do you find there is a different response from people that you work with, depending on whether or not they have a defined mind or an undefined mind in their charts? Mm-hmm.
2: You know, I would have thought that there was, but I'm just thinking of the last person I worked with that did have a defined mind. It was actually super easy for him to go through the process. And he was a projector, Mm, Um, whereas the open, you know, people, generators will like, I'll ask a yes or no question. I'll say, okay, we're going to engage your sacral response. And then they'll leap into an open-ended story of what's going on. And and, and maybe it is that open mind that makes it more, I will pay more attention to that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> I, it's interesting. Cause you do talk about, you know, getting stuck in the mind and needing to get into your body to be able to respond to these things. And it just, it, it dawned on me like, well, what about those with defined minds um, or undefined minds? Is it easier for either to, to get into the body as somebody with an undefined mind? I feel like my head's in the clouds a lot. Cause I, I don't have a, a clear line of thinking. It's sort of all over the place.
2: I'm responding, yes. I think that's exactly what's going yeah.
1: on. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just interesting to see, you know, that, that incorporated in this process um, what that would look like. So you do work specifically with generators. Uh, what made you decide to focus your practice around generators? And uh, do you work with manifesting generators? Is there a difference between the two? What comes up for you there?
2: So uh, with all generators, for sure. And just as we were talking about like that superpower feeling, um, it's the design that I resonate the most with because I am a generator. It's the design I most I feel most comfortable helping other people navigate like, um, you know, someone who is a projector, like I don't identify with that. I've not had the experience with myself. And I feel like sometimes, you know, we can have book knowing and understanding and have an idea Mm. of what another's experience is, but when it's not our design. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it gets a little, it gets a little murky. So now I will work with an undefined sacral if I feel a response to, Mm. right. I'm not marketing to them. I'm not, (laughs) yeah you know I'm not gearing my my information towards them but if they feel an invitation and I in turn feel a response and I like to feel these things out ahead of time because I've gotten into circumstances where in the past before human design I didn't understand why we weren't driving Mm. but if you tell somebody you know I don't think I'm the best fit for you that can trigger a lot of abandonment and a lot of And every time I've taken on a client or patient, when I had that feeling that I am not the best fit for you, I have regretted it (laughs) for sure. Mm, So I love that the human design can say, you know, there's just some incompatibility here. It's not anything personally against you. It's just that there's somebody else out there that's going to be a better guide for you. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I love that. And then everybody gets what they want.
1: I love that you have the self-awareness to yeah. say, I am uh, not the best fit for you, right? Like as somebody who's running their own business, it's hard to, to let go of the opportunities, but it is also really important to focus on what lights you up what you can respond to as you were saying and I think that's really yeah. impressive as somebody who runs their own business Oh
2: well, you know 46 years with that three line will
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh. you accumulate some good information
2: from all of that yeah. trial and, error. <laughs> oh, man. and you're more willing yeah. like I want people to get results I want I always say like I want you to get what you want yeah like let's make this happen but if there's you know, an unwillingness or kind of a, a dissonance in the connection that we have. It's just not going to be fun for anybody. And I would rather have fun.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, 100%. It's so interesting because as a projector and a coach, one thing that has always been like, it's one of those things that like lives within me is the idea that I have no idea what it feels like to have a sacral response. <laughs> And like, as a projector, I can feel into what generators need. I'm really, really good at just at knowing what they need in the moment, knowing what they need to hear, knowing what they don't need to hear, knowing what things are important for them to discuss right now, knowing how to get them talking. But regardless of anything that I can feel into what their sacral needs right now, I don't understand their experience. And so that's one of those things that like, it's very interesting as a coach. And I think this is one of the things that I love about collaborating with other coaches and working with other coaches, especially in this capacity, where now you are coming on here and you are a resource to all of the generators and gens who are listening to this podcast that I would feel like I would love to recommend, you know, because I can help. But I don't understand that experience the same way. So the way that I experience human design is going to be totally different than the way they do. So I, I do appreciate that. And I think that that's why we need all of us on this path, you know, like mm, everyone. Absolutely. I want there to be a, a human design coach for every person. Like, <laughs> <laughs>
2: And, you know, it's interesting kind of the response I was having in my body as you were saying that, because the flow is different going from a generator to a projector than from a projector to a generator. Like, because you are so foreign to me, like I have (laughs) no concept of what it would be like to not have
0: (laughs) that motor running. Yeah. That's, that's a curious thing to be aware of. The thing that's that's interesting for me, especially as a projector who was raised by a generator, is that I find when I am doing generator type things, it's usually a not self thing like we just had we were just doing a panel on gaming and we had this whole conversation about how playing games as a generator and as a manifesting generator as a generator type is so different from playing games as a projector because as a generator type you want to make an you want to accomplish you want the satisfaction of having finished a task and that is the excitement for a generator yeah right yeah and like the satisfaction of having finished a task is an um, it's it lives within most games so most of you know the video games you play most of the you know computer thing games on your phone doing word games whatever there is a we got to the finish line now we're super satisfied as a protector i don't i don't feel that so when (laughs) i play games on my phone which is something that i have done a lot of, I'm realizing that that's literally me living in my conditioned self. I'm chasing the feeling of satisfaction that I was raised to believe was what success felt like. But that's not what success feels like for me. Success is, a, is, is an overarching concept that comes in when I feel like I've really like made a difference You know, like I love being in a big group and playing a game and feeling like everyone's having fun. That feels successful to me. And like when I put myself in a position where I'm like, you know, play a two minute game, win the game, my immediately it's okay, play the next one. Okay, play the next one. There is never a moment of, yeah, I won, unless I, like, actively stop myself and I'm like, celebrate the fact that you won.
2: (laughs) So different. Yeah. Right? So different. (laughs) And that's why it's so helpful to understand these things at play. Otherwise, when we interact and relate to each other,
1: we're like, what planet are these people from? Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. So speaking of different, where do manifesting generators fall in your working with them? Is it a different experience for them um, connecting to their sacral center than it is for a generator?
2: I would say the biggest difference I notice is the emotional, non-emotional piece. The Mm -hmm. manifesting generator is more like getting them to kind of slow down. <laughs> a little <laughs> bit and not try to skip ahead because their intuition yep. will give them the answer for like the third question down I'm going yeah. to ask. Oh my god. <laughs> so it's yes. like more of a presence piece with them. Um sometimes the emotional non-emotional will be like slowing down, more cues to move your body, to take a drink of water, to go to the bathroom, to do whatever it is to kind of give things a second to settle before I start asking more questions, but, um, you know, asking, is it easier? Is it easy for you to answer yes or no questions?
1: Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> I mean, as an emotional being, like I i know you can see my chart, I only have the 3740 unconscious and one more activation and it's unconscious. So the idea that multiple, um, yes or no questions overwhelm me, it's like, what, <laughs> That doesn't resonate is true for me and I think sometimes we do get lumped into like oh the projector oh the emotional and yeah people think that they know what that means when there's a lot of nuance and intricacy in what's actually going on but if it's easier for you to answer open-ended questions then I'm going to say okay there are seven possibilities in which area of distortion does your distortion lie Hmm. and you'll give me a number or I'll say for for this for the sacral generators it's yes or no is it in number one is it in number two is it in number three is it in number four Mm. and they'll be like oh I get a yes on three but that doesn't make any sense to me at all (laughs) why is that happening
1: (laughs) oh interesting wow interesting I love that tactic so what made you decide to focus solely on the sacral center Uh, Not solely, but can you dive a little deeper on what attracted you to working on on people's sacral centers and helping them connect with that a little bit better? It's what I understand
2: the most. It's what I have the most confidence in. Um, Looking back with people that were more challenging in my practice, it was like, oh, they were projectors or, oh, they were, you know, we were just so different. So it doesn't mean that my work won't work for people that do not have a defined sacral center. It's just a comfort. It's more of a comfort level for me. Mm. Yeah. Because yeah, as you beat your head against the wall enough times and you'll be like, I want to do what's, <laughs> I want to do what lights me up, but yeah. you know what works yeah. easily. Um, yeah. What I understand
0: the most where I feel like I'm going to have the biggest impact. Yeah. Yeah. The, the thing that comes up for me with that concept. And I wonder if this resonates with you is the idea that, While, you know, there are so many different types and the, you know, the five different types are important. It's very important. We all have our different place in society. Generators are the life force of the world. And 70% of the population, you guys are the ones who make everything happen. If it weren't for you, there would be no energy to accomplish anything in the world you know like those of us with undefined sacrals are here to amplify your energy and so i feel like deconditioning the generators is you know from a from a humanity perspective, I feel like is the most important thing because before a generator can be guided, before someone can be, you know, before a a projector can come in and guide, before a a manifestor can come in and set people to work, if those generators aren't doing what lights them up, then the energy doesn't exist. The energy is not there. They're just revving their engines. And so the more generators we can... (laughs) Yes. The more generators... i never heard that before, but yeah, yeah
2: I've spent a lot of time revving my engine. Yeah. <laughs> That's one of my
0: favorite analogies to use with generators is that if you are doing something that doesn't light you up, if you're doing something that is not your right work, it's like you're sitting in the car in park, hitting the gas and not mm-hmm. going anywhere. <laughs> and after a while, you're going to run out of gas and you're still going to be trying to hit that pedal. And you're, you know, going to burn out. So I I think that there is something really, really special about focusing on essentially healing the life force of the earth. So does that resonate with you?
2: Yeah, I hadn't looked at it that way. I was like, you know, 70%, it's kind of an easy niche to make. <laughs> but, but yes, everything you're saying resonates. I remember, you know, when I first kind of got into this kind of spiritual maybe less mainstream path I was at an event and there was a a, maybe a medium or something like that there and she looked at me and she said okay you just go and go like a hamster on a wheel never getting anywhere
1: (laughs) and I
0: was like ouch (laughs) and you're not wrong Oh, <laughs> wow. Wow. I feel like the hamster wheel is a very similar analogy to the revving of the engine. That's all. I'm, I'm going to start using that.
2: <laughs> I don't know. I feel like the revving of the engine that hit in a different way. Yeah. For me, so,
0: okay. Good to know.
1: <laughs> mm. I think they both make sense. Okay. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I've been on the hamster wheel and I've also been sitting there revving my engine going, what, where am I going? Nowhere, you know? <laughs>
2: And maybe there is nuance there. Cause I feel like I've kind of left the hamster wheel behind, but I do still rev my engine. Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Different, totally different situations. So you've been working with human design now for 15 years. You said yes.
2: No, 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 no.
1: Okay. I've been in the healing arts for 15 years. Okay. So how long have you been working with human design?
2: We've been in our experiment for about two and a half years. It was, um, Probably about three years ago where I was first introduced to it. And as a three five in the in the healing world, like everybody wants you to do their thing. Oh, you would be great for this. Oh, you should try that. And it's like, I have this thing that I do. Can you see it? <laughs> yeah. I'm already doing it. And then it. I I feel like the third time I heard about it, I told my husband about it all three times. And he was like, We need to know more about that. Yeah. <laughs> and I looked at him and I was like, really? We do? Are you sure? <laughs> and then uh, a few months later, we kind of, we had already been talking about moving to Ecuador, like selling everything, jumping out of, you know, the cultural consumerism and mm-hmm. capitalism and all, and all of these things. And after we had our readings, we were like, we, after we had our initial consultations, we told everybody, And um, it kind of took us a minute to find our footing. When you move to a foreign country, we ended up in a really big city and we're both natural shores and it's kind of frenetic and there's Mm. still all of this going on. And I felt like I threw all my pieces up in the air, but they were still being shaken and nothing was landing anywhere.
1: Mm. Yeah.
2: So then we actually had the opportunity to move to the campo, to the middle of kind of nowhere and have nine months of just feeling who we are outside of anybody else. Like, even though we're living in the same place, we've slept separately the whole time, like basically since the beginning, because he's yeah. a projector. He was like, I really think there's something to this, you know, is that <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's weird. And okay. And then after okay. it happened, realizing, you know, you, you get your own bedspread, you get to design your own room, you get your own bathroom, you yeah. seem so much better. Uh. It just made Perfect and total sense for us. So we're sleeping separately. He has his office space set up. I'm in a completely different part of the house. So we're out of aura
1: Mm,
2: and just being. And it made it so much easier to recognize. Like you're amplifying my emotions right now. Do you want to do that? Yeah, on purpose, or maybe (laughs) maybe you don't want to do it. You choose not to do that thing. (laughs) Or like I'm in the go go go. You should come too. No. No, you do your thing. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the three, five, like bonds made and broken, it makes it so easy because early in life, the bonds
0: broken were like explosion. (laughs) Yeah, especially with the emotional authority.
2: Yeah. And now it's like, why don't you go do your thing for a while? And I'm going to do my thing for a while. And there's still plenty for us to come back together. Yeah. Yeah. For to remake the bond. So it's just been an amazing experience to get to do that. And then when we like, were kind of ready to come out of our cocoon, we realized we did not want to be that isolated for forever. And we moved from the bottom of the country to the top. And now we're in a, a place called Kodokachi that just really feels like this is where we're going to be for a while. I mean, as three fives, I'm never going to say, this is my forever home. Because as yeah. soon as I say that,
0: <laughs> I'm going to be like, yep. oh yeah, about that. Oh. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh man, that's great. We Are both you and your husband three fives? Yes. Wow. wow. That's so cool. I, I work with a lot of three fives and I, I'm a two, four, so I don't have the same experience, but sure. it is very cool to kind of every relationship I have with a three, five is constantly changing. It's a, that's mm-hmm. the only way to keep those relationships healthy is to allow them to continually transform. And I, I, I love that you're both really leaning into that.
2: I mean, he came as a projector growing up in a generator world. He did custom home building in the States that did not get a break during COVID at all. Like they went harder, Mm. faster during that time. And he came home and he was like, if I keep doing this, I'm going to have a heart attack and die. Yeah. Mm. And I was like, that doesn't really fit into my five-year plan. No. (laughs) (laughs) We need to make a major, major change. And, you know, in the beginning, I think, with everything that comes out you know in the groups and the conversations and the immersions of oh how hard the emotional people are on the non-emotional people oh how intense the generators are on the projectors and it's like everybody's got to figure out their stuff yes <laughs>
0: yeah right? you know? 100%. we all
2: need to show up in the most healthy and aligned way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So when did you start using human design in your business and why did, how, how did that come about? Because using it for yourself and allowing it to be part of your practice, those are two very different things.
2: Right. So that is pretty new. I mean, honestly, when we decided to jump ship and leave the States, we were both kind of at this burnout point of mm-hmm. me not doing what lights me up and him trying to keep up with the, gener- the generator world. So we really gave ourselves a year and a half to not do anything. So when I came back and revisited my work, which existed before this, I call it, it's still called Activate Ascension, which before it was ascension out of the ego and into the heart. Mm-hmm. And then I changed the ver- I changed the verbiage learning about human design because really it is about just all of our thinking thoughts and putting the power back into the body. So that was kind of the first shift I made. And then the only distortion I focused on before was something called energetic entanglement. And I realized why, when it worked, it worked really, really well, but it didn't always work or didn't always uh, initiate a response from people that, oh, that would be helpful for me. And that's because there are seven different types of distortions So during this time in sabbatical and seclusion, you know, all this information is coming through and I'm integrating it. And it's like, before it was me telling people, these are the things going on. These are the techniques we're going to do. It was all my intuition. And that was sucking me dry of my life force energy. So it was like this light bulb went off of, I don't have to know anything. <laughs> I don't have to hear the story. I don't have to hear every terrible, awful thing that ever happened to you. I can ask you the question and oh. your intuition. You identify it. And then if you don't do it, it's not because like someone was outside of you was telling you to do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, You know what I mean? Because sometimes when the answers come from the outside, you're like, yeah, well, I don't want to do that. Or maybe that's yeah. not it. So the excuses kind of come down. You're like, oh, I did identify that. And oh, I did feel that response when I determined that, you know, this correction would be the most beneficial thing to do. So it brings resistance down, puts, you know, em- empowers the other, takes the pressure off of me. And now, like 15 years in, I'm finding that thing that I can sustain that fuels me, that lights me out. They're like, this is what I want to do. Because yes. before, you know, I worked with like, NLP and power law of attraction and these different coaching things. And it was always like, I am forcing myself to want this because this is what I'm <laughs> supposed to want. Okay, I'm supposed yeah. to want a huge practice and to see this many people. And the whole time my body's going, no, you don't No, mm, <laughs> You nope. really don't want that. I don't <laughs> even know why you're saying. This. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow. So it's been really a fine tuning and a, just a, a leveling up. Like, I know that this this work is amazing and um, get, it's a matter of reaching people and just getting it out there, not initiating, but mm-hmm. giving people something to respond to. Would this be a good fit for you?
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. And I know you had offered to, uh, to do some of your work with us here on the podcast so that our listeners mm-hmm. can get to experience it. Um, so... Megan, are are you ready to dive into that? You and your I'm, beautiful I'm your defined sacral center. Guinea pig,
1: yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm here to to try all the things. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Amazing. Okay.
2: So would you like to see it?
1: Yes. Yes, please. Do you have a
2: specific intention to set? Um Yes.
1: <laughs> okay.
2: Can you Do you want to state it out loud or do you want to hold it internally? Um,
1: I would like to move forward in my working life. Do you feel like anything's stopping you from that from happening? Um, Myself. (laughs) I do feel like myself is stopping me.
2: Okay. Are there distortions that are impeding your progress,
1: Psycho response? I believe the idea of long-term career is so sacral response yes or no yes or no yes (laughs) yes
2: and that's how it happens every time but I let people know you know if you give me an open-ended response I'm just going to bring you back to that sacral so we can get a yes or no okay all right would you like to identify one of the distortions today yes do you know um does the distortion lie in category one through seven So that's an open-ended question. I can go category by category and ask you that way. Would that be better?
1: Yes. Okay. Is the distortion in category number one? I don't know. Should I know? Should I know what the categories are? Nope. Okay. So it's
2: the sacral response, your authority. Did you get a yes or no on category number one?
1: I'm going to say no. Okay. I was going to
2: say no too. (laughs) Always tell people like i'm very intuitive if i feel like you're getting you know off track or your mind's trying to wiggle in there i'll let you know and okay kind of help redirect you is the distortion for you to look at today in category number two no is it in category number three no is it in category number four
1: hmm maybe well, i'm gonna say yes so that was a different okay. feeling. <laughs> All right. So we
2: acknowledge that. Is there more than one aspect of category number four involved in the distortion?
1: I want to say no. I'm trying really hard to like listen to my body right now and it's telling me no. Okay. So there's one, one aspect of category number four causing distortion. Okay.
2: Yes. Is that correct?
1: Yes. <laughs> okay. Sticking to the so yes or no
2: are, is hard. Okay. <laughs> it is. It is. So there are eight possibilities within category number four. So I'm going to ask you one by one. Is it in uh, aspect number one? Yes. Okay. So that is inherited things. Hmm the things that have been passed down to you that you've inherited either from loved ones that have passed on. Is that resonating? Yes. Yes. Okay. Do you know, yes or no, how many inherited things are contributing to this
1: distortion? No, I I don't think I know. No, I'm going to say no.
2: Okay. Is there only one thing? No. Is there more than one thing? Yes. (laughs) Is there more than two things? Yes. Are there more than three things?
1: No. (laughs) Are there three things? It it seems that way. Yes. (laughs) Okay.
2: Do you want to identify them in this moment? Yes. Okay. I don't know what you've inherited. So what are the kind of the first things coming up to your awareness?
1: Um, I feel like one of the first things coming to my awareness is the idea that if you have a career, you should stick with it. And that is not
2: my design. (laughs) Right. Um, I'm going to back up and ask you, are these three things tangible things?
1: Tangible things? Mm -hmm. Um, What do you mean by that? Physical. Physical
2: things you've inherited.
1: No. No. Okay.
2: Okay. So are any of them physical or tangible?
1: Um, I'm not sure. I don't feel like they are.
2: Okay. So we have the belief that you should do one thing and stick to it.
1: Yeah. Okay. What's the next thing? Um, that I need to provide for my family. Okay. And what's the last thing. And the third thing, um, my needs do not come first.
2: Where do they come?
1: They should come first. Um, they usually come second.
2: <laughs> they come second? Okay. Yes. Okay. Is it, would it be beneficial to? No. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> I got my own no one. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> so we can work with this. Um, what I'm seeing right now is getting a picture, like of something tangible that represents each of those things.
1: Mm-hmm. You
2: kind of finding them in your body, excavating them, and sending them to whomever they came from. Mm. Okay. As a way to stop the outpouring of your life force energy into fueling those false beliefs. Does that resonate with you? Yeah. Okay. Do you have an image coming to awareness for the, you should do one thing for your career?
1: Um, yes. (laughs) Can you draw it out? I'm not a very good drawer, but I could try. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. Oh, draw it like right now. I, I don't have a pen and paper available. Okay. <laughs> so I I mean, have an and after
2: this, you take your image and draw it just to kind of solidify the energetic process. Okay. Is that yeah. okay? Yeah. Okay. So what would you draw of the
1: one thing for the rest of your life? The one thing for the rest of my life? hmm As my career? Mm-hmm. Oh, um, theater.
2: (laughs) So you would draw a picture of the theater to represent the inherited false belief that you should do one thing for the rest of your life?
1: If I was to draw something that was an image of the false belief that I should do one thing for the rest of my life, Mm -hmm. it would actually be my dad.
2: Okay. So a picture of your dad. All right. Oh, uh-huh. well, we know where that one came from. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the first.
2: Yeah. And what picture would you draw to represent that you should be a provider for your family?
1: Also my dad. Okay. And that your needs come second. My mom. Okay.
2: Do you need to know any more information about that before you can start bringing it up to the surface and sending it back to them? No. No. Okay, good. (laughs) You know, sometimes we need to know more to be able to move forward. And sometimes knowing more would actually make things more challenging than they need to be. Okay?
1: Yeah.
2: So do you have an awareness of where you feel these things in your body? So we have two dads and one mom in there. Yeah. Okay. Can you start to kind of bring them out from inside you and maybe bring them over your heart or out in front of you somewhere? Okay. Gather it all up. Any resonances of of them, of those false beliefs, of their karma, Mm. of their inherited pieces.
1: Mm. And
2: now imagine any cords or threads that hold you bound to those false beliefs. Receive a blue-violet flame and burn through those cords fully and completely.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And then allow those pieces to be returned to your parents, transmuted in light and love, returned across all time, space, and dimensional reality.
1: Mm.
2: You can't make them receive it, but you can plant them in their fields.
1: <laughs> <send> that <laughs>
2: Okay. Does that complete the distortion caused by inherited things? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So then from there, you know, we would revisit that to see if there was more than one distortion or that kind of thing. But, uh, and I always take people through a closing, um, and ask how long will it take you to process what
1: we did today? Will it take you two days? Um, I feel like there's there's going to be a couple months of processing. <laughs> a couple months?
2: In. Will there be two months of processing? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Are there any possible reactions to release that it would be beneficial for you to be aware of through your processing time? Sacral response. Yes. Is there one thing to be aware of? Yes. More than one thing? No. No? Okay. Just one thing to be aware of. So there are 25 possible (laughs) things to be aware of. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Does the one thing fall between 1 and 10? No. 11 and 20? Yes. 21 to 25. Oh, I'm sorry. You said 11 to 20. Is it number 11? No. Number 12? No. Number 13? No. Number 14? Yes. More joy. So as you move through this, you can experience more joy over the next two months. so then from there we go into follow-up things you can do to amplify the joy Mm -hmm. do you ever tone no is that something that feels like it would be beneficial no no is there something to do with sound making sound yes okay So do whatever that thing is to make a joyful sound to really amplify your joy. Mm, That makes sense.
0: (laughs) Sing, Megan, sing. (laughs) Anyone who's been following the podcast, you may or may not know, Megan is one of the best singers I've ever come in contact with in actual life. Um, she used to sing me to sleep when we were in college. Uh, yeah. She literally karaoke night is the rest of us kind of sing, and then we watch Megan's concert because she's so good. So everything you just said is Thank yes, you, Kayla. I love it. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
2: Yes, I love it. That's the closest thing I landed on to sing. Maybe I should just add sing to the yeah. chart. There you go it's, it, yeah. So yeah, use your voice to amplify your joy. Yeah.
1: Wow. is that is that is that everything? So yeah, all then the questions you would go
2: through. Uh, you answered all the questions.
1: okay. And you did it easily. It was easy. Yeah. It was surprisingly easy. I'm not going to lie. I'm like, I'm, I don't know anything that's coming. And I just have to sit here and, and listen to my gut tell me
0: what, wow. what, what 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 feels good. Let's just try things. <laughs> it's like, okay. Because your body knows. Yeah. Yeah. Watching this. So I, I've i actually been coaching Megan for, uh, she was my first coaching client uh, when I started two and a half years ago. And we started up coaching again this year. And I started using human design with her because I started in nutrition. So I started there and mm. now we do human design together. And I've on been podcast, Kayla's and... guinea pig
1: since the beginning. She started doing coaching. So I'm, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I am I'm like being the
0: guinea pig. It's fun. <laughs> yeah, she, she's fabulous. Um, But Everything that came up in this are things that we have worked on in our sessions that we have discussed. And as you were beginning, when you were doing the, you know, the asking about the categories, I, I'm i sitting here like, how on earth does anybody answer these questions? Like, what on earth? And then when it hit on inheritance and, and like the things I was like, I'm just watching this, like this. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> wow. So that was amazing to watch. Really cool.
1: That was really, it was such a surreal experience as well. Just really having to sit, sit in the quiet and just listen. I was like, oh, oh, I don't have prompts. I just have to respond without any prompts. And I can respond with prompts. And apparently I can respond now without prompts. And that's kind of (laughs) cool. That was a really bypassing
2: the logical mind.
1: Yeah, wow, that was a really cool experience. I that's that's a superpower I didn't even realize I had. <laughs> thank you, thank you. That was so. You're welcome.
2: A- thank you for being willing to kind of put yourself out there and go through that. Yeah. And obviously, you know, if you were able to pull it out of your body, like you've done so much moving in this direction. Mm-hmm. Let this be the thing that kind of brings that pad- those patterns to completion. And as you make your decisions, you say, oh, what would the part of me that is free from those influences, what would they decide in this moment? Mm-hmm. So you're really integrating it into who you are, into your decisions that you make and how you move forward.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I can see, I can even see now in situations in the past that- I had a gut response and I let my head get in the way and not let me have the initial like knowing of this is what I should do um, in several situations. And since I've started human design, I have also seen those. But it's like there are so many other little things, little things that I could have listened to myself, listened to my gut, my sacral. (laughs) a little bit better and not let my head get in the way. And I think also as a defined emotional, as my emotional authority, um, I let my process of making decisions take a little too long, um, Mm. because I do get in my head and in my emotions and a little bit more. So just really sitting in that sacral response was intense, but also very freeing, very freeing.
2: (laughs) Feel like it would be helpful for you to kind of, um, before you go to bed at night, you intentionally maybe three minutes, four minutes, reclaim the power that you lost from all those times when your gut was telling you to go one way, but your mind got in there or those the influences of those um, inherited false beliefs muddied that water and just kind of intentionally say, you know, I call it all back to me, like I'm seeing. Mm. You guys might be too young for this, but like Shira or <laughs> that kind of energy, where you have your sword, and you're calling all the power back uh. right to you and integrating <laughs> it into your yes. being.
1: You
2: have to find the updated metaphor. <laughs> <without> <laughs> <you for that. laughs>
1: um, I love that image, though. Yeah. yeah, yeah that that feels that feels aligned. All right. <laughs> Wow, thank you. That was a really cool, really cool experience. So Amazing. where how do you see um, human design and medicine working together? Because, mm-hmm. you know, as we mentioned at the beginning of this, you have worked in chiropractics um, and and you've also been working in healing arts for for fifteen years. So how do you see human design and medicine working together going forward?
2: I feel like um, that the inner authority, the ability to know is so valuable. But people go into first, let me say, I I was a little resentful of how much money I spent, you know, going to college in the in chiropractic. But now when I look at the system that I've created and how it relates, like it's built so solidly on that. Foundation, right? Yeah. So I'm able to shift from okay, it was good that I, did that. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then finding more aligned practitioners that say these are the possible, you know, these are your possible ways to move forward. How does that feel in your body? Does that resonate? Or even if you can't find aligned practitioners like that, you say you ask. What are what are the possible solutions that you know about, you know, and then you go find it, you go and you find more and you have somebody ask you, does it feel most correct to do this thing? Does it feel most correct to do this thing? And you honor what you feel, because as soon as you get a diagnosis or you put a label to it or it's a disease, it becomes this thing that grows out of control quite rapidly. And you start Mm -hmm. looking for answers everywhere outside of you and you're ignoring all the signals that your body is ascending to you and also realizing that whatever physical thing is going on there is an energetic component and if you mm-hmm. can use something like this to move the energetic component it might not be the thing that heals you or changes you but it might be the thing that opens you up to the next thing you try working mm. right like well, I've been adjusted before, or, you know, I've taken this medication before, or I've done these things before and they didn't work. It's like, well, you're energetically different now. So yeah. if you're responding to and resonating with that thing, that might work now. And that even comes up in the end, these charts. It's like revisit something you've tried before that didn't work in the past, but could actually work now.
1: Wow.
0: Mm. I really love that way of looking at it because one of the, th- I, One of the things that I have struggled with, with Western medical practitioners and going in and talking to practitioners and trying to look for a diagnosis is the idea that I was constantly looking for a diagnosis. I was constantly looking for external validation for someone to say, Mm -hmm. yes, there is something wrong with you and I can tell you what is wrong with you and I can fix it what really ended up like i think healing me more than anything was being told over and over again i can't help you i can't help you i can't help you i don't know what you have i i went to i've dealt with um essentially autoimmune uh symptoms for most of my life a lot of digestive stuff skin stuff um you know all, all sorts of uh, joint inflammation all sorts of things that would come up within an autoimmune disease and I've been tested over and over, and I've never gotten, like, there are no markers. I am not celiac, but gluten causes all sorts of inflammation for me, so (laughs) Um, there are all sorts of Things that I've been tested for over and over, allergists that I've worked with, and no doctor has ever been able to give me a diagnosis. But I think what that did is it pushed me to go to a different side of medicine. It pushed me to understand okay, what if I started working with an acupuncturist? What if I started working with a a health coach, nutritionist? And the people who I ended up working with after I had no diagnosis were the people that helped me find my own path to healing. Because I hadn't been given a diagnosis. I hadn't been given that external validation of there is something quote unquote wrong with me when really I was probably in large part just a burnt out unaligned projector. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So (laughs) I love that because I think so often we get caught in the idea that the problem with The medical field is that they don't know what's wrong with me. They don't know what's wrong with me. They don't know what's wrong with me. When I think what's actually happening is if you think there's something wrong with you, that's an energetic misalignment. Mm. There is nothing innately wrong with any of us. And figuring out how we can meet that higher vibration so that we can then feel what our body is actually dealing with and what we can do to help shift that. It's a totally different thing. So thank you for sharing that perspective. I really, I really love that.
2: I like it too, because it's, you know, if you take the perspective of empowerment of some part of me created whatever I'm experiencing, Mm -hmm. right. And if some part of me created that, then I can create something different, Right. And the power, but the power comes from within. It comes from my own knowing. All the answers I seek are within me, right? It's not coming. As soon as we give power to an outside force, we limit, we completely limit our experience from there. And I'm not saying there's not a time and a place for Western medicine.
1: It sure. You absolutely break your is. arm, go to go get yeah. a, you know, there's like, not- yeah, <laughs>
2: totally. <You> have nondescript <laughs> inflammatory, you know, maybe. Yeah. Explore right.
1: right. <laughs> maybe, maybe
0: look at something else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, thank wow. you so much for everything that we've talked about. I, if anyone who is listening, especially those who have a defined sacral center, if you would like to go through what Megan just went through on air, which was so cool to watch, I please. Kate, tell us how people can get in touch with you. Tell us how someone could book a session with you and what that looks like if what we just did on air is exactly what happens in that session and how people move forward.
2: Sure. So my website is www.drkateflynn.com. I do um YouTube videos a couple times a week and then I also put shorts on Instagram and TikTok, which is kind of funny. For-
0: love it. I love <laughs> it's
2: an it. The hunting talk,
0: but- Let's normalize <laughs> it. Do-
2: love it. <laughs> You can book through my website. Um, It's all, it depends on what you resonate with. I do everything from kind of like an overview. I'm not a human design coach or expert, but it will give you an overview or a place to start if you're completely foreign with that idea. And I also have coaches and people that I refer to if people are like, you know, I really want to dive into this deeper Um, and then we'll introduce you to your authority Get you comfortable with your sacral response. Help you hone an intention because a lot of times the things we want are not self things.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So
2: help you really cue in to what feels most aligned in your body in terms of what it is you want to create, and then from there we go into identification of the distortion and how you want to make the correction. I do a whole opening sequence to really shift, start to shift the power from the mind to the body. And then a closing sequence to help you integrate what you've experienced so that you don't call it back to you, Mm. in other words. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes, like, when it takes two months to process, you do not want to do another one of these while you're processing a previous one, right? So processing time kind of dictates the follow-up and the pace of, do you want to do more? Well, not in the next two months. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and then we kind of check in and I'll just put a note on my calendar. Like none of this is pushy. I know Ross said like you, if you really want to make money, have to market to the not
0: <laughs> I hate that. I, I can't do that. it. Unfortunately. Can't real,
2: but yeah, um, I don't, I don't have it in me. So it's like, no. do you want another session? If you do, then we'll do another one. And, um, I want to do what is most aligned for the person that I'm working with. Oh, yeah. Amazing.
0: That's beautiful. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. So Amazing. that's Dr. Kate Flynn. It's dot com. right? Yes, beautiful. And we'll put that in the show notes as well for anybody who wants to work with you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for joining the podcast today and sharing your insights. This has been a wonderful wonderful discussion. I loved it. Thank you so much. But I love getting to say this. My husband was right. (laughs) I was going to have
2: a great time and I really did. Thank you so much for having me and allowing me to share this.
1: Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. I feel like this is the beginning of us bringing a lot more people on the podcast who one we don't know yet. Um <laughs> but two people who like you are wanting to spread human design, are wanting to help others understand it. And I feel like all of us have a different audience, all of us have a different way of speaking to people. All of us have talents that are going to help us understand a different group of humans and help other a certain group of humans to feel understood even more so so i love the idea of getting as many human design concept coaches on here as possible
2: you heard it who's responding who's accepting the
0: invitation yeah come send us a message human design in real (laughs) time (laughs) at gmail.com com.
1: If you like what you heard on this podcast, follow us on Instagram at Human Design
0: in Real Time to keep up with our next episodes. And if you want to learn more about your own human design, I'd love to help you on your journey. You can head to my website, kayla care.com, to book an introductory human design session where we'll dive into the person you were born to be. That's kayla ecom we're always looking for
1: awesome humans to be guests on the podcast. So if you'd like to be interviewed, send us an email at humandesigninrealtime
0: at gmail.com. This podcast is brought to you by Kayla Care. A big thank you to our amazing producer, sound mixer, designer, and editor, Sabrina Mason. Thank you to the composers of our theme song, Niles Spaulding and Sabrina Mason thank you to today's guests for being open and present with us and
1: thanks to you our listeners for supporting this podcast keep discovering your human Human design design in real time. time